Okay, hello, and welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group's Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. Let's have Joey come up for our joke. Thank you. I'm Joey, and I'm your I'm the honorary joke teller here at the Alcoholics and God meeting. All right, um, and I got a joke for you. Um, a grasshopper walks into a bar, and the bartender says, Hey, we have a drink named after you. The grasshopper says, Wait, you have a drink named Kevin? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Um, um, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is Megan. Thank you for joining us tonight. In a minute, uh, we're going to start our two-minute uh, meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that uh, make noise and that might or will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Uh, let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's start the meditation.
Okay, we're going to say the fog light prayer. God, God let your love shine through me like a fog light, so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. Uh, the tremendous fact for, for every uh, one of us is that uh, we have discovered a common solution. Uh, we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked uh, Javier to come up and read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. Uh, we read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. I'm Javier. I'm an alcoholic. Um, uh, spiritual Experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this, in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the, the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must have been in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our, our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, through, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are that are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an, un unex an unaccepted inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Oops. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of, honest of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one, needs, no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of this program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer, Alcoholics Anonymous, page 567-68. Thank you, Javier. Um, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane or meeting mode, or just turn off. Um, now it's time to introduce our two speakers. This is our second week of doing the the double speaker series. So I'm really excited for Isabel and uh, Marlene tonight hear what they have to say. Thank you, ladies. Woo! Thank you. Hi, family. I'm Isabel, a recovered alcoholic. Hi, Isabel. Marlene, alcoholic. 
So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Thank God we made it back, Marlene. <laughs> it's just great to be here and again be able to discuss, you know, and to conversate about what all this means to us, especially after having done a lot of work through the big book over the years. I know your sobriety date is September twelfth, yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, and I'm October 19th, 2000, and throughout the years, Marlene, again, and I have done a lot of this studying, searching, seeking Mm -hmm. through the big book, through the 12 and 12, and trying to expand upon it, and mostly really trying to live it in our lives. So that's the biggest thing, is trying to live it in our lives. And now here we are, um, again, coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to what? To sanity. (laughs) Sober sanity. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about that because we talked about it for a long time and we've had some moments that didn't feel so sane. So how would you define that? You know, just if I said, hey, Marlene, what's that mean? What would you say? Well, sanity and recovery, uh, sanity and recovery feels like I'm on the beam, like I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, obsessed with myself and what I want and what I, I'm afraid I'm going to lose. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking of others. It's soundness of mind. It's, um, I'm not obsessing about anything. I'm not fixated on things. And then certainly, um, insanity in sobriety is, is, is really interesting because, We talked about this the other day, you know, I used to blame all of my bad behavior, uh, all of my insanity on alcohol. And then I got sober and I was still doing all the same insane things sober. Um, That's painful. Um, So that's where I had to get down to causes and conditions and and the underlying behaviors that made me, you know, drink alcoholically. And um, and that's what I've done is just and and the program organically has restored me to sanity because I was willing and open-minded to this new way of living because this was a whole new deal for me yeah. yeah I love that I love being able to look at what are the causes and conditions and how do we get there and really how does that happen for us you know we're at a meeting a program based on God and AA so we got to get back to basics and we love getting back to basics and knowing that first things first, we know that we're, we're taught that we don't have to do this overnight, that it's a, a it can be a very slow process for us, piecemealing it together mm-hmm. and trying to make it work and wondering where is God, who is God. And the literature does tell us that we have to keep a what? That open mind. An open mind. It's mm-hmm. really a big piece of this step is keeping that open mind. And not just an open mind, but, uh, you know, besides that, we have to stop, you know, fighting. Like everyone and everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, everyone and everything. Mm. And by nature, we are... Defiant, rebellious, Ex- stubborn. Extremely, and, and not just drunk. Sober. Even so, maybe more so sober. Yeah, I agree. Even more, probably even more so. Mm-hmm. I don't need a, dr- a, a drink. We found out we didn't need a drink to make us defiant. I can be extremely defiant in nature. It mm-hmm. seems to be part of 
uh, my nature. And it's not happy when it happens. It's like, <sighs> I mean, <sighs> but you know, the, the good thing is I think for Marlene and we, and you know, I really want to say a big shout out to zoom land out there and to some really good friends that came into Fort Lauderdale, some of our Philly friends, some of our Jersey friends, um, and our Fort Lauderdale people mm -hmm. and Mike's <laughs> crew, because part of this practice <clears throat> has been the in enthusiasm mm. that we've been injected with through the study and the seeking and the keeping the open mind. It's like, you know, when, when all else fails, we know that we can't rely on ourselves. We've relied on our own selves for way too long and that we have to really be God fed and God led. And that takes looking at the literature and saying, Oh, you know, if you want, you can really make a, a itself your higher mm -hmm. power. Group and, of drunks. Right, group of drunks. <clears throat> and we talked about that last week that, listen, if all else fails, group of drunks works. Keep going to those meetings. Keep talking to those people. Keep finding those Mike Chase. Keep finding <laughs> those people out there believe in something that you might not. So it's really good to know that and that our own self-sufficiency has led us astray. Yeah, and totally bankrupt mm. as, as humans goes. Totally, totally bankrupt. But, you know, one of the biggest things that I like getting down to, and I have a really good friend, Carolyn, here, who's been a real big role model and always reminds not just me, we, us, to stay right-sized. And right-sized can be really hard to do because as we live our lives, we want what? It's a four-letter word, people. Uh, love, hope, more, more, right? <laughs> love, hope, more. And, and thank God for step two, because Marlene and I really do like to emphasize what the principle behind the step is. And hope definitely is one of those four letter words mm. that lies behind this step. You know, if we want to be restored to sanity, we have to have the hope that we can get there somehow, some way, because we all know what it likes to feel like we're out of our minds and then taking off the masks. And right now we both have off our masks. We're revealing to you who we are and we know we're not perfect, far from it. But becoming right-sized is also a practice that we have to, we have to live and so when we get that gift, and it is truly, truly a gift when we can learn that we've got this faith in something greater than ourselves. We're not really sure what it is, but we know that we've connected with something because our defiant nature, right? The defiance, the outstanding character that we have is now being outshined by this faith that, oh, I'm living in a different light, you know, this sunlight of the spirit. And it's like today, you know, what a day. Here all our friends are in from Philly, right? And it's gloomy and nothing but doomy there. They come in here to thinking sunny, shine, bright Fort Lauderdale. And what is it? Gloomy. What is it? Gloomy and cold. Right. It's gloomy and cold. And it's like, oh, this, this stinks. And then all of a sudden... The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, that sun came out at the end of our Shavasana in yoga. And it was like just a gift from God to know that here's the sun. It's coming out. You know, this too shall pass. 
So, you know, as we got through the day and we, we, we moved along and Marlene and I knew that we had this, we had this opportunity, this uh, gift to come up here tonight and share what we're supposed to do. One of the things that we talked a lot about was the blind spot. Mm-hmm. And I had been talking to Claude about that earlier, about what's the blind spot. What is your blind spot? And I think that we have to think about what happened to me that made me do the same thing over. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Like, what you think, Marlene, what was your blind spot? What was your insanity? Well, thinking that I could manage thinking that I could manage my alcoholism, that I could somehow drink like a lady and, and that I could You mean you didn't drink like it. a lady? No, no. no. What? Yeah, I thought I could, I thought I could manage it. And then, you know, it, it just beat me into a state of reasonableness for sure. <clears throat> yeah, it was not pretty, but my blind spot was, I didn't, I didn't have you. I didn't have, I wasn't connected to any God and I didn't have a sponsor. And I had been, we talked about this the other day and I was at a, I was up in Palm Beach with my family for my birthday and I was feeling euphoric and that's like a drug, you know, that just elated. And I, and I'd been with him all day and I had a year and a half sober at that point and I went home and I cracked a bottle of champagne, not even a thought, just like that. Just like they talk about where, you know, you're struck drunk. Like there was just no forethought. Um, and, and I had, cause I had no defense against that first drink cause I didn't have a program of recovery. I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have you. And that is my blind spot. So if I get too far away from you, that's my blind spot. When I think that I, when I've got it all figured out and I've, you know, I don't need you all. Self-sufficiency is fatal for me. I, you know, some of us need more. I need more of all of you, of all of this, of, of God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it because that's one of the side effects, you know, thinking you have it made, thinking that it's good. It's not always when it's just bad. Most people think, oh, if that happens, I'll drink. If this happens, I'll drink. If that happens, those are those reservations that we talk about. And it's like, no, it can be a great day, not a, not a cloud in the sky. sky. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're drunk and it's like, whoa, how did that happen? Well, there's your, there's your insanity. There's your blind spot. And Claude asked me point blank, you know, what, what happened to you that made you realize? And one of the things that I would do that... I think a lot of people did. I, I know uh, it, it's probably a very common thing is I was a beer drinker and I would always say, you know, people and some, you know, listen, people would say, you drank beer? Yeah. Like you drank piss? And I was like, yeah, I drank beer. Okay. I drank beer. I grew up on beer. And um, that's just the way it went. I didn't drink fancy drinks. And so it, it, it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter what kind of alcohol it is. Mm-hmm. But I used to think that if I drank a bottle of water before I drank a beer, I would be okay. Like, it's okay. You know, I'll drink the, the water first and then I'll drink the beer. And then I never remembered what happened after that. And it was like, ugh. Or I would say, I'm never going to drink again. I'd wake up and say, I'm never going to do that. Just to get totally blacked out that night and the miracle that happens because there 
this is where that faith steps in. It's like, well, where did the, where did the miracle step in? And when I joined Alcoholics Anonymous, I went to a group named Casino Serenity, right outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was for casino workers. And I walked in there, and my bartender from the rugby was there, Rich. And I saw him, and he saw me, and it was weird. And we both raised our hands. We were little newcomers. Now, this is 20 years ago. And I was a little embarrassed. (laughs) There's Rich. And I'm sure Rich was equally as embarrassed. And, uh, but every Friday night, I would go to the bar. I would pick up, remember my husband? Mm-hmm. I would pick him up, and we would go right to the rugby, right to the corner bar. And I got there that Friday night knowing I was going to have the big test. You know, like, ah, I got to go to the bar because that's where we go. And when I got there, Rich was the bartender. And he said, what do you want, Missy? I said, Rich, I'll have a diet root beer. And if it had been Bump, the other bartender, I might not have been. I know it's a weird thing. His real name's Harry, but we call him Bump. So it's one of them Jersey things, I guess. I don't know. But I didn't have to take a bump. right? You know that language too, right, people? I didn't have to take a bump. And I was like so grateful because Rich to me was like the face of God without me even knowing it. Rich turned out to be the miracle that I needed to say, what do you want, Missy? Mm -hmm. And I was able to say with a clear conscience, I'll have a diet root beer. And it was like, ah. And, you know, when those miracles happen and we don't even know they're happening, we're just living them. It's like a thank you, God moment. Like, thank God Rich was there. Like, Rich was what I needed to see, but I didn't know that going into it. And then that, you know, another expression (laughs) that they have about the quality of faith, rather the quantity of faith, because another thing was, you know, when we're talking about G.O.D., remember last week we talked about group of drunks, good orderly direction, and great outdoors, And the gift of desperation. Now, here we are. And I went to church every Sunday. Every Sunday I went to church. I could not stay sober. I could not stay sober going to church every Sunday. I had to practice this faith. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't going to church for me. I definitely had to be right-sized in order to be able to live it. And... Finally, you know, it gives us these clear-cut instructions on what we're supposed to do. Clean house, right? Clean house. And, and, and those four absolutes, again, you know, those absolute love, absolute... Purity, unselfishness, love, honesty. Right. And so it's like back to real basics. And it's like, oh, can I do all this? Hmm. Not when it tells me. In fact, it's, it suggests that we are indeed what? Mentally... Ill. I mean, who's doing cartwheels when they hear that? You know, any of you, like, what? Mentally ill? That's like the doctor saying, doctor, doctor, give me the news. He goes, "Uh, you're mentally ill. And you go, what? Mentally what? Like, uh uh-uh, not me. And yet, remember I told you last week where I was at the bottom, I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to end my life. 
There's got to be something wrong with you if you're thinking like that. It's the most unnatural human act. Defies human nature to kill yourself. So, it's not normal. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> normal. Right, but behind a drink, that's what we think. Sounds like a good idea, behind a drink. Right, and a lot of people have done it. And a lot of people are going to do it tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to do it tonight. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but a lot of people are going to die tonight. Because they're going to think that's the right thing to do. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here to give hope. To say that there is hope. Hopefully someone out there in Zoomland is connecting with somebody. And that's why we do want this to be infectious. We do want you to be enthusiastic about this. We do want you to live this. Um, we're trying to be the best examples of this we can. We know that we're not perfect. And indeed, we're hoping that we're not mentally ill today, <laughs> okay? Because every day is a reprieve mm-hmm. based upon my... Your spiritual condition. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's the other little saying that you say that I like? You know, faith um, is where? In my feet. Right. Yeah, so what am I doing? You know, what am I doing to connect to God, to quell the crazy mind, to mm. keep that selfish, self-centered defiant rebellious brat at bay because she's still there alive and well on you know and and i get too far away from all of this and she comes back and then she she ruins things you know i have to go and do a nice step and clean it all up it's rare though because i'm plugged in you know so but 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 the hope the hope in step two for me is i did not feel an instant connection to God when I walked into AA. I felt connected to you. You are my conduit. I heard your I heard your experience and your recovery, and I was intrigued, and um, it kept me sober another day. I just I kept coming and kept coming. So I love the acronym of of hope. Hearing other people's experience, I love that um, because in the beginning I didn't have a God of my understanding. I had a group of drunks and in time you know you all and my sponsor put my hand in god's hand and then my real journey began of of you know looking at who i really was and doing the work to unburden myself with all those that ugly fourth step and then you know then i could step out and and be one of you and when i did that fifth i i felt a part of i felt unburdened you know so it's amazing how all these steps just build on one another and um you know, and, and in time, you know, you look back and go, God, I don't want to drink. I don't want to die. I feel free. Mm-hmm. I have a sense of purpose. Like, I got into a natural high at year three. It was like, wow, this is good. Year three? Year three. I was really into service and sponsoring and giving it away. And it was like, I was like your mother used to say, I fill up by emptying myself in service to others. I just love that expression because it, that's been my experience when I can do it, you know, it's good. Yeah. I, I believe, you know, and I heard this at a crazy meeting that, uh, when I first moved here from New Jersey, I went to victory and it was the right time. And Claude used to go too. And there was a woman that used to show up and say, service keeps you sober. And so what kind of service am I doing Mm. in Alcoholics Anonymous? Am I really showing up to participate, to be a part of, to, to fill the hole in the soul with God in order to be God fed and God led. What does that look like for me? If, if, if the sobriety is in my feet, if the faith is in my feet, 
what am I doing? And when I get caught up in self, I suffer. Mm. When I got caught up in self, I always, always suffer because I have it in my mind. I have a mind that lies, a disease that wants to kill me. Make no mistake about it. It'll start a fight with anybody at any time. It's just the way it goes. It's another part of my human nature. It's like, stop doing that. And when I get God-centered and God-focused and on the beam of AA, I can pick up the book. I can go anywhere. I can be a part of the world and feel like I really belong rather than feeling like I'm the square peg in the round mm-hmm. hole or however that goes. Like, I don't fit in. Don't. That's such a horrible feeling. And one of the things when I was going, you know, in the big book and in, in We Agnostics and define what's that what's We that Agnostics mean? Without Knowledge, which tells me I have to lay aside any prejudice. Got to open my mind. And my mind's closed when I came in and it was rigid and it's my way and I know it all. And I realized I didn't know anything. I still don't really know anything. Well, we think we're know-it-alls, especially since I went to church every Sunday. I should know something, right? But I couldn't stay sober. I couldn't stay sober. I mean, I would beg that priest to bless me. Put hands on me, Father. Put hands on me. And it did not keep me sober. It just didn't. I'd be crying buckets. You got drunk with the Pope. Yeah, right. That was my last ring. A Pope. Um, and you know, so here I sat totally defeated when I came back to, when we flew into Philly, it was like, what a nightmare for me. Mm. (sighs) You know, talk about a blind spot, talk about insanity. And in the book, it clearly states that it was one of the things I love that Claude brought up this week. You know, listen, it says it in the book, the guy, Jim, uh, got the milk and put a shot of whiskey in it. Like, how crazy is that? How so normal. <laughs> how crazy is it that that jaywalker just kept doing it? He's not going to break his arm this time. He's not going to break yeah. his foot. He's not going to break it. Let's break my back. Let's just go to hell in a handbag. <laughs> and it's not a Louis Vuitton. Let's pull out the carpet slippers. Let's really go crazy. Right? That's insanity. That's a blind spot. And it's finding yours and knowing what it is because it will keep reappearing. Mm. And that's what they refer to as multiple white chips, multiple white chips. It's like, who wants to pick up? I loved what Carolyn said the other day. She used to love to pick up that white chip. You know why? What happens when you're picking up a white chip? You get to go up front. Woohoo! I need a white chip. Why? Because all eyes are on the white chipper. Yeah, Miss America, here you come. <laughs> right? It's like, is that crazy? No, it's pretty crazy. I mean, is that crazy? And everybody has their own little blind spot. I don't know what yours is out there in Zoomland, but I know there's a lot of newcomers out there trying to figure it out. And it, it really is just a simple prayer. It really is just a simple prayer to go back to, you know, God, help me. Not to pick up that first fatal drink. God help me not to drink, to stay out of my own way. And when we get the opportunity to do that, it's like, oh my God, I didn't drink today. Because people are counting days right now. Remember, it's January yeah. 15th? 14th. 14th. So somebody out there has 14 days, right? They quit drinking New Year's Eve. Somebody New Year's out, Day. New Year's, yeah, New Year's Day. Day. So 15, 15 days. Thank God for you the, with the 15 days out there in Zoom land. Somebody's got five. Somebody's got four, maybe one. 
whatever it is, because they were able to catch the blind spot and not pick up that first fatal drink and find a power greater than themselves and say, okay, I'm going to go along with this. I can say that I'm an alcoholic. I'm coming here to believe I can't, I can't do this anymore. He can, I'm putting my faith, I'm putting my faith into something. The other thing that comes up is that faith, right? And you and I talked about this pretty much a great deal. And I talked about it with Claude and I talked about it with Carolyn and I talk about it because I do want to know like, well, what's the faith in? It could be in anything, right? Marlene, like I thought I had an idea without knowing that I didn't in a power greater than myself. I thought I knew who the God of my understanding was because I was raised to believe in something. And I still, I still practice my faith. But yet, I really didn't know it all. And then come to find out, it can be in anything that you believe. Yeah. Anything you believe. The great universe. Right? Like, what does that look like for you? I'm not telling you what to believe. I had a hard time getting it myself. But I like going over, like, one of the big questions in this chapter is what do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. And I agree that it is so in Alcoholics Anonymous. I do. I'm real firm and I'm real clear about that. And the way that I'm real firm and I'm real clear about that is I hit my knees every day and I beg God to stay sober. And if that's the ticket, that's the winning ticket. So that was, that was a really important thing for me to know. Like, okay, do I now believe or am I willing to believe? Because what do I have to do if I say that, Marlene? Then you got you to gotta walk the walk. Right? <laughs> you got to put your life in God's hands and get out of the way. And and trust. Yes. And change. I mean, it's all about change. It is. If I don't change, I'm going to do the same thing. And yeah. it's like, so now I've been asked, you know, what are you going to do? Do you really believe this? And if you believe something, you kind of fight for it, don't you? Like, yeah, I believe that. I like that. I want that. I want to make sure that works. So I'm going to really get into that. Like, all of you sitting here, all of them on a call, 7 o'clock at night on a Thursday night, almost 8 o'clock. But in the beginning, did you believe? Or was yeah. it really you just kept coming because you wanted, you were desperate to change? Desperate, and it's like a blind faith. Mm-hmm. So Same. the blind spot, it's like a blind faith. Look at them. They're doing it. Well, and, and didn't they tell you to, to, you know, if you don't believe, believe that we believe. Right. You know? They told me that if you don't believe, believe that we believe. And I was like, these people are crazy. Talk about yeah. insane. That, that group was crazy. I remember I got sober at Stagecoach Ragecoach Shootout Group. Crazy group. Thank God. And Victory. I mean, two crazy groups. And I'm still sober. Because I did follow along. I did follow along. And I was like, some of those people were making big changes in their lives. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. Um, I, I, I think it's comforting to know that left to my own devices, 
um, left to my own bitterness, left to my own thinking, no matter what, if I drink or don't drink, if I have a problem with you, anyone, if I have a problem at all in a relationship that it's almost as if I'm acting like the way I did when I was mm -hmm. drunk. And I don't want to do that sober. So those are things that I have to look at. Am I really working along with God? Right. Or am I not? And how do I know if I'm really working along? Well, I, I, for me, I know when I am, um, I feel it physically when I am in my will and I'm pushing my will and I'm trying to cram that square peg in a round hole and it's uncomfortable, especially now after being sober a while. Um, whereas when I just surrender to it and say, okay, God, here, you take it, however it works out. And like we said last week, oh my God, half the times when you just let go, God, God does it way better than anything I could have ever controlled the outcome of. It's just amazing. And so now I've just, it's just easier because I have all this reference of being sober and doing it and knowing that it works, you know, but if in the beginning, for those that are new, I was just, I wanted to, like, I gave God my drinking. You can have my drinking, but I'm going to control everything else. And it, I didn't do it very well, you know. And so I suffered a long, long time in my early recovery because I didn't turn it all over. So don't do that is my point. Yeah, but the bountiful blessings when you finally give up and give in. Freedom. Yeah, I mean, it's like double, triple, mother-loving fold. Mm -hmm. And in, in the book, I, I love that it does this. It, it, it gives us some wordy kind of information. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it's impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption at a starting point. And then it gets into electric and how it works and how it doesn't work. And, you know, somebody asked me, it was probably Mike Chase, you know, do you know how electricity no, works? Hell no. Do you know how electricity works out there in Zoom land? No. Does anybody here know how it works? No. It just you know works. how it works? I pay the bill. <laughs> That's how it works. When I pay the bill, it works. When I was drinking, I would never pay the bill. The electric would get shut off. Mm. When I was drinking, I would never... And then in those days, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, I wouldn't pay the regular house phone bill. And they would turn that phone off. And man, as soon as they turned that phone off, I would go right down to wherever I had to pay and make sure it got turned right on. Because I wanted that phone to work. That's how it worked. I paid the bill. And in Alcoholics Anonymous, we all pay the bill. And how do you pay the bill in AA? By giving it back. By walking. I, I love this. This is the infectious part. By reading this book with other people, sitting down line by line, going, wow, what's that mean? She paid the bill. Good for her. It worked. You know, when we're fully engaged in this recovery process, when we are fully engaged, and I can't quote what Mike has down, written down in my big book, but it is truly transforming. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, you can fly like an eagle. You can fly like an eagle. Not a care in the sky. It's like, I'm doing God's will. I am, we are flying with God. And it's like today when the sun came out, mm. you know, it was like, man, this is God's will. It wasn't pouring raining. And so it's like this beautiful transition of like, man, God is really good. And that brings hope. And I loved 
you know, I love the acronyms that we use in AA and what Marlene was saying about hearing other people's experience. experience. Mm -hmm. And the acronym that I've always used for hope is healing on prayer every day. Healing on prayer every day. And they all work, you know, but I, I believe in prayer. I, I believe that we need that. I love the fog light, you know, God, let your love shine through me like a fog light because there's somebody out there tonight. There's somebody out there in the dark that cannot see that light, that cannot see that light. And you might just be the light for whatever it is that you do here. You want a bottle of water? Hey, what's your name? My name's Missy. Hey, Hey, good to see you. Just smiling at them. Welcome back. I saw you last week. Like, that's transforming. You know, like, we remember those certain people that we feel like they went out of their way for us. Hey, did you read the big book yet? No, I don't even understand that. Let me take you through it. Let's read it. Let's learn it together. Let's give each other hope, not dope. (laughs) Right? Let's fill each other up with who we are as sober people. And one of the things that we were talking about today is it's done in such a variety of ways, right? It's such, it's done in such a variety of ways. God truly gives us these gifts that we operate off of. And Susie said something in the car because my friend George is here. George, I don't know if you're listening or not, but God bless you. He became a driver in AA it's one of his big things. He gives you a ride. Mm-hmm. Like George found his calling through, yeah, I'll pick you up. Where do you got to go? You got to go here? Yeah, I'll give you a ride. Yep, I'll, the airport? Yep, I'll go to the airport. He's a driver. And it's like, wow, this guy has a useful purpose. People need, and he's not getting paid for it. He's not an Uber driver. He's an AA driver. Hey, call George. He'll come pick you up. It's like, everybody needs a George. Trust me. Especially when you don't have your what? Your license. Your driver's license. A lot of us don't have that. So we find these little things that work for us because when you find your passion, your real life purpose in AA, God calls you to it. God calls you to it. God creates it for you. He shows you. He delivers. God delivers. (laughs) Um, So, you know, one of the other things that we talked about, Marlene, was what is it like to have a spiritual relationship. What is that? Well, it's a living, breathing communication. It's a two-way. It's something I have to nurture. It's something I have to cultivate. Um, it's, a, it's a presence that I feel when I plug in. And so it's, it's when I'm mindful and when I, when I pray and I surrender every morning, and plug in, even if it's just, you know, by habit, um, then, then my feet, you know, get into action. I'm on a meeting and then I'm, it, and then I feel God. I hear God in my meetings. I, I feel God when I'm with my friends. Um, it's a relationship. It's not formal. It's, I talk to him in the car. I talk to him in the bathroom. I talk to him all the time and it's comforting and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful relationship that I've, it's taken me years to build. And it continues to change, too. Um, I love that my God can be different than your God. And, um, you know, and that we don't have to swallow it all at once. Because mm. I couldn't have swallowed it. If you told me when I first came in that I had to believe in your God 
a specific God. I had to pray a certain way. I wouldn't have stayed. And if I had known the whole program was really about God (laughs) and connecting to God, I don't know if I would have stayed. So I'm glad that God revealed that slowly because it is. It's a spiritual program, all of it. Yeah, I love that. I love knowing that we're in a spiritual relationship. And what does that look like? You know, it looks like the people we meet who have that love, kindness, and compassion. That Mm. love, kindness, and compassion for each other. Even when we don't like each other. Mm. Even when we don't like each other. And it's having that grace because God has gifted us with it. So it's like, OMG. So um, in the big book, it says, when many hundreds of people Mm. are able to say, that the consciousness Mm. of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Mm, It's like, amen. It's like, it's a feel-good opportunity, even when things don't feel good, even Mm. when things don't look good, even when things aren't good. It's like, wow, I can still have love. I can still be kind. I can still have compassionate because truthfully, we're all these broken people in a variety of ways that we don't know what the broken wing is that Mm. we're presenting. And when we're off kilter, we may not be loving, kind, and compassionate. So our job is to you know, find out how to be more like that while we're practicing. Yeah, act Um, as if. Right. We don't have to believe, we have to practice. Act as if we are... That way. (laughs) That way. (laughs) It's like, fake it till you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Fake it till you make it, right? Especially, you know, because we're we're the walking big buck. We're the walking big buck. So if I'm really practicing what I'm saying here, and uh, listen, my sister Katie will remind me real quick, real quick. I got people out there calling me on my stuff like, (laughs) hey, Missy, (laughs) where's the big book now? It's like, oh, okay, all right, you're right. So where I come from is not who I want to be today. Mm. Where I come from is not who I want to be today. Look at me, I'm Sandra D, right? It's like, no. And it was so funny tonight because we were getting ready to come here and the girls are here, you know, and I was like, well, what? there's a younger group, much younger group than us. I was like, what are you girls doing? They're like, we're going to the casino. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, <laughs> like that's the last place I want to go, right? The last place. And that's a gift from God that that's not where I want to go yeah, today. Man. I mean, it's a gift from God. And I loved one of the greatest things. We hear these great little cherubs of information, and they're so simple and so easy to follow. And I learned this in in South Florida, was when they do their chip system, they say, um, pick up a drink, you gamble with your life. Mm. And I was like, amen. And I am not willing to take that crapshoot today. And I have to be so mindful of that. That everything can be a crapshoot. And I don't even know because that's where the blind spot mm. lies. That's where I have to be mindful. When I see the bottles of NyQuil at Publix, right? I got to be really mindful. 
because that was my first drunk. That was my first load. And it was like NyQuil. So that could be a blind spot for somebody. Oh, I got a cold. I got to go get my NyQuil or whatever it is. It's like, uh-uh. So, you know, as we move along and we're, we get ready to wrap it up, what are some of the things, Marley? We should talk about bedevilments. Sober bedevilments. Go ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> we were having trouble with our personal relationships. Sober. Sober. We couldn't control our emotional natures. Sober. Sober. We were prey to misery and depression. Sober. Sober. We couldn't make a living. Sober. Sober. We had a feeling of uselessness. Sober. Sober. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't see, seem to be of help, real help to other people. Um, <sighs> you know, I've been that in that state many times in my recovery. I'm sure you have too. And it's, it's, a, it's I'm blocked from God. I'm wrapped up in self. And, and I am, uh, you know, I am a bull in a china shop. Mm. You know, stepping on toes and <laughs> they're retaliating. I don't know why. So, you know, when I'm having problems with lots of people, I know I'm the problem. I'm the common denominator. Mm. And um, and that's when I have to go in and, and just ask God to, to help me see, help me to clean it up, help me to change. Because this program is all about change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those bedevilments don't need to be drinking to suffer from them. But then when we get to the root of everything, we, you know, and this is a great, this is a great, great, great. A lot of people out there are going to go, yeah, start doing cartwheels now. Because actually we were fooling ourselves. Because deep down inside, go down, down, down. And every man, woman, and child mm. is the fundamental idea of God. Of God. Mm. It may be obscured by me, 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 <laughs> which we call calamity, pomp, and worship, or of other things. But in some form or another, it is there. Mm. Boom! <laughs> For faith in a power greater than ourselves. Mm. And miraculous miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are as facts as old man or as old as man himself and it's like you know what people start counting your miracles start counting your blessings when i think of rich croson i think miracle that man was the face of god for me that night that man changed the way i dealt with alcohol That man that walked in Casino Serenity, that bartender that served me Coors Light every Friday night, became the face of God. It was a miracle. And I don't want to forget the miracles in my life. Because if I do, then I'm doomed to repeat them. And that's not why I do all this. I do it so that I can stay sober. And so, you know, when we have that, you know, I like to call it that attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, that, you know, keep coming back to this. Do the work. Just take out the book and start reading. You know, if you haven't started reading, it's like, come on, people. Um, (laughs) Mm. um, 53. It's like, I want to be aware that there is something greater, greater, greater than who I thought I was. Missy wasn't the be-all, end-all. And, you know, it's so funny. For a long time in my delusional mind, I thought I was Miss America. But every night I woke up feeling the next day like a piece of crap. And it's like, now, it's like, oh, my God. Please continue to restore me. 
please、mm-hmm. continue to show me who you are. And the way I get there is truthfully just by hitting my knees, begging God, hanging out with fun, beautiful people, living life, reading along, living along, loving along, celebrating all of this. And it says, you know, it wraps up everything that when we drew near to Him, He reveals Himself to us. More and more, and he reveals himself to us in the faces of each、mm. other, in the faces of each other, and not just in our happy times, in our good times, in our hallelujah times, but sometimes in our worst times, in the times where we really need to see God, and we get that call because you, if you've been to AA long enough, you've heard those people that say, "I had a gun loaded,、mm, locked and loaded." Yep, and then all of a sudden the phone rang. And it was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Somebody called the moment that happened. Now, who else but God? So, you know, my old ideas, the belief in who I wanted to be or who I thought I was, did not pan out for me. Thank God. It's like dumb it down.、Uh, Because the smarter we we are, the harder we fall, the or harder we fall, and the more we think we know. The, those are the hardest cases、mm-hmm. in Alcoholics Anonymous. So stay stupid. Yeah. Right. Just stay stupid. It's all right to be a little stupid. Nay, nay. We love the stupid. <laughs> we love the blind. We love the dumb. Right. We love the really broken. Yeah. That's who we want. The really broken. The people who come crawling in here wanting to change their lives. So if anybody's out there tonight, you know, open up your big book, start reading along, get enthused about it, let it change your life, you know, bring that into your life like it's the most important things. And you know, I remember in the beginning not really understanding. I didn't know how to, but get somebody to go through it with you that knows that's got their big book highlighted and can, it's got little cheat notes on the side, and it's like this is God. That's God too. That God too is everything. God, yep, it's all God, 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 nay, yay, amen. amen. <laughs> I love you, Marlene. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Okay, now we're going to bring up Joey for the secretary's report. Hello, everyone. I am now your recovered alcoholic secretary. My name is Joey. Hello.、Um, in keeping with the seven tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. The baskets going around in here、um, for everyone in Zoom or Facebook world that can't make it to、um, flesh and bones meetings. You can give online aa dot org、um, because of the pandy,、uh, which is what I call the pandemic,、um, is has because、um, the pan pandemic, aa is cut into their、uh, reserves quite a bit because of the lack of flesh and bone meetings as we call them.、Um, so yeah, please go to aa dot org or your local intergroup website and. Please give. Thank you. 1940 style big book sponsorship from the forward of the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. 
of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75-plus percent success rate. At this time, um, let me ask a show of hands of recovered alcoholics in the room and everyone in Zoom world. Um, And now anyone needing a sponsor, please raise your hand. So anyone in the Zoom world... Please um, keep those hands up and all your recovered alcoholics, please reach out to them and help bring them back to God, please. Um, All right, this is not the last meeting of the month, but we have a meeting on Mondays here in this room, Big Book Study Meeting, where the Big Book comes alive. Fellowship is at 6.30 in the Zoom. Um, Pop in there, say what's up to each other. Lovely time. And the meeting itself starts at 7.15 in this room. We're going over to the wives. So it's a good time. So hope to see you there. Um, there are CDs, mugs, large print, big books, little red books, big book dictionaries for sale at your local inner group. Um, pop over there, say hello to them, contribute to the program. It's a beautiful thing. Um, We meet every Thursday here with these lovely ladies chair hosting the step series, which we're very grateful for, Um, starting promptly at 7.15 with fellowship starting at 6.30. We ask you to be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you, you, Joey. Um, I'd like to again invite everyone to our Monday night big book study um, right here. Um, and those who wish, wish to thank tonight's speakers, please line up down the center aisle. Um, <laughs> well, they could still thank them here. <laughs> um, okay, let's close uh, with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See you all Monday or next Thursday. Thirsty bodies aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah, and I am ready for you to take me higher. Yeah, the only thing that I can do is. Can't get you right It doesn't matter
much accumulation. Possessions that I have amount to nothing at all. And I am willing to hand over every one of them. Cause they won't profit me anything in the end. Oh my God, I just Thank you. 
shining through But when you cry Shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Sing along and 
stomp their feet and raise their arms. And here in this moment that we share, nothing could come. song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
tape. Got one man that just won't say. 